What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I got a chance to sit down and chat with Mark Bell. I'm sure most people who listen to this podcast know who Mark Bell is, but in case you don't, go look him up. He invented the slingshot. He trained at Westside. Um, he's been on YouTube since long before most fitness people were on YouTube. He's done a lot for the sport and obviously loves powerlifting and helping people. Um, he's one of the first guys that I followed in the fitness industry years and years and years ago. Um, so it was really cool to get a chance to have him on the show. We talk about a bunch of different stuff. I don't want to give too much away, um, but this one was very exciting for me because uh, Mark is a guy that, um, like I said, I've been following for a long time and he was like one of the first dudes that I kind of, you know, like looked up to in powerlifting and, and really followed and paid attention to what he was doing. So um, that's all I got for the intro. This is episode 55. Damn, 55 of these episodes of the TWC Stay Hated podcast. Enjoy it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I am joined by the mighty and powerful Mark Bell. I am super stoked on this. This is a dude that I've been following for years and years and years, so I'm excited to have him on the show. Mark, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing amazing. I got a question for you right off the bat. Where does the Stay Hated thing come from? Uh, so... It's sort of like um, people think it's like a negative thing, but it's more so like it's more so just like, yo, people are going to really dislike you no matter what you there's going to be someone who finds fault in whatever the fuck you're doing. So like you might as well just like do what you want and what makes you happy and like stay hated motherfucker like they can hate all they want, but I'm having a good time. So that's the uh, (laughs) the more that you uh, more that you lean into something, the uh, more people tend to judge you on it. You know, if you're bodybuilding, why are you doing that? That's unhealthy. I can't believe you're doing that. You power lift, same thing, right? Like yeah. Yeah, people get all, all worked up over you, uh, leaning into something real hard. It's very, it's a very strange, to it. yeah, it's a very strange dynamic where like, that's such a great point. It's like a very strange dynamic to have like, you know, other people worried about what you're doing, but we'll kind of, that's kind of something I want to get into a little bit later. So let's start off with like the easy shit, man, right off rip, like, you know, uh, briefly, like how old are you now? And like, when did you start lifting weights? Yeah, I'm 43. I started lifting when I was, uh, like about 12 and, uh, I was pretty good at it right off the bat. I was pretty good at bench pressing and it's kind of funny now, even, regardless of how far away I get away from uh, doing certain lifts and stuff, I can always bench press uh, pretty well. <clears throat> but um, I, fell, I fell in love with the sport of powerlifting um, pretty much right away growing up in Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, the gym that I was training at, they, um, they had predominantly – fitness at that time was all one thing. There, there It wasn't separated. There was – it wasn't really CrossFit. Bodybuilding and powerlifting were meshed together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never saw an Olympic lifter at a commercial gym. <laughs> so everything everything was all melded together. And there was no there was no West Side barbell gyms. There was no powerlifting gym. There was nothing like that. So 
all the biggest, strongest people, you know, they were still at kind of a, what they call now, like a Globo style gym where they had the cardio equipment. And there was no women in there either. It was just all guys pretty much. Um, and so I grew up in that kind of environment, you know, one of those gyms where you walk in and it just stinks. It just has that smell, you know, where you're like, oh, yeah. like it, it almost, it kind of punches you in the face, but you know, you're in the right spot. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kind of places. <laughs> that's kind of how I grew up. And I, I fell in love with that. And, uh, just, it always, it always came back, you know, lifting always came back as much as I tried to like divorce it or get away from it. I just never could. It always, it always circled back to lifting and it still does sometimes. I still find myself you know, deadlifting and then having a goal with a deadlift or something like that. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Like you can't get away, you can't get away from that like competitive spirit. That's like, um, something that I'll tell like people I work with and stuff like clients and shit. It's like, you can't teach passion or competitiveness or like that lack of fear under weights. That's like something you either have or you don't have. It's kind of a blessing and a curse from what you're saying though. Cause you can't really get away from it. Yeah, you know, it, it feels amazing, too, to know uh, that your body can be tuned up to lifting some of those big weights. And every once in a while, you kind of feel that. And I, I've told people before, I said, I feel like I could walk outside the building and light the whole building on fire with my eyeballs <laughs> <laughs> when this is happening. Like, that's how empowering it feels. You probably know what I'm talking about, but so maybe some people listening are like, what the hell are you talking about? No, it, it is a weird... Yeah. it's a weird thing the nervous system gets all fired up yeah like when you that that feeling of like knowing that you just did something with your body that like you shouldn't have been able to or someone told you you wouldn't be able to or whatever is <laughs> like it's like one of those things where it's like you can't purchase that feeling and you can't get it any other way other than like doing it um so like right. uh so you you started lifting really young um, I know you did like uh, professional wrestling type stuff, which is so fucking badass. Um, but uh, when did you get into like putting on gear? Um, so okay, so that that's a, a great question because um, so gear wasn't there was no <laughs> there was no raw category when I started lifting. Right, it was um, just lift the, the most the raw weights. Movement, you know, in my opinion, it was kind of created at Super Training Gym with uh, Stan Efforting. Okay. But when I, when I started having powerlifting meets um, in California in 2009 or so, um, and maybe even slightly before that, I started <clears throat> doing some meets where we allowed, you know, multi-ply, raw, single-ply. We just allowed everything. I teamed up with uh, the SPF at that time, and people were like, why are you teaming up with a, a, a Tennessee powerlifting federation and i was like well it's the only federation that just offers all three and i i see this being a thing because why would people that don't wear any powerlifting gear why would they be lumped in the same category people forget that that before that time if you wanted to squat against someone that was in gear they might squat 1100 pounds and you might squat 600 pounds because you're just wearing knee wraps or something and so uh <laughs> people just dealt with it back then but when i first started lifting the bench shirts were a big thing the squat suits were a big thing and it was just as louis simmons puts it it's just a part of your uniform you know a football player doesn't go on a football field without his helmet and shoulder pads sure 
Sure. You know, and so that 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 was the same for everybody. Now, there were some people that were newer to lifting that just chose not to wear it, but no one complained about it. Um, the powerlifting gear hurt really bad too. You had the Inzer Z suit, and that suit was like <clears throat> it would just rip apart your. Um, I call it powerlifting chub. It'd rip apart like, <laughs> the inside of your thighs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really bad. Sure. And the and the bench shirts were really painful, especially at that time. So a lot of people just didn't want to deal with the pain of putting those things on. But uh, yeah, I started lifting and powerlifting gear pretty early on, and I remember doing like I want to say maybe like a two sixty five bench or like two eighty five bench as a kid uh, in a bench shirt, and then like it was just a few months later that I lifted the same weight. Um, you know, in the gym, bouncing off my chest, kind of funky, but, and I was like, okay, well, I can still build up a lot of strength this way, and this is probably a good way to do it, because once I did that, and then when I went back, when I went back into the shirt, I remember pushing around 300, I was like, oh, okay, cool, like, so this is how it works, you gotta, you build up a good amount of strength without the equipment, and then you put the equipment on, uh, and you're stronger, and then over the years, <clears throat> you know, as the equipment got more advanced, uh, you had to kind of live in it a little bit more to understand it, especially the bench shirts got really weird. Yeah. And now they're, now they're in this world, you know, right now. Yeah. I was actually going to say, like you said, bench shirts were very painful. I was wondering when that fucking changed because they still, <laughs> they still yeah. are. That's like my, like bench is like, <clears throat> I'm learning to love it because I was really bad at it. So I was like, made the decision. Like I like benching now. I'm going to figure this motherfucker out. And so, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I hear someone say bench shirt and half of my brain gets excited and half of my brain is like, fuck that. I don't want to put that thing on. Yeah. Um, you know, um, J John Inzer, I mean, first of all, I mean, John Inzer deserves a lot of credit. Um, he's created some revolutionary power of things here. Um, he's the icon of the sport and, uh, and I just don't think the guy gets enough credit for some of the, some of the products and some of the things he made over the years that really transformed the sport. But I think, I unfortunately think the bench shirt is the thing that kind of screwed the sport up or maybe even put the sport on pause a little bit. Okay. Um, because, and my, the reason why I say that is like, <clears throat> I shouldn't have a bigger total. There's no scenario where I'm stronger than Ed Cohen. You know, it's just <laughs> not, like he, he's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. <clears throat> um, he was, you know, squatting over a thousand pounds pulling 900 and benching 585 raw, I think. I mean, he was an absolute monster. Sure. You know, so then I come along with an 854 shirted bench. And so, of course, it's easy for me to, you know, pile up some uh, points and end up with like, a, you know, 2,600 pound, 2,600 pound plus total. And so I think that, I think that uh, the bench shirts is really kind of like the, the squat suits and stuff, you could get a lot out of them, obviously you can squat two, three, you know, and so on, a uh, hundred pounds more. But you are like, um, I don't know, it's just different. I think you know what I mean. It's yeah, hard to yeah. Really describe, but you can get, you know, three, 300 pounds out of a bench shirt. Um, it, you've seen guys bench 365 and then bench 775 and meat and stuff like that. And you're just like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, and it drives me fucking crazy because I have a 500 plus pound floor press and my best bench is 622 in a shirt. So I, right. I see those dudes, I see those dudes and I'm like, motherfucker, you know, <laughs> I see them and I'm like, you know something, I don't know. 
Um, so what were your Mark? What were your best um, uh, numbers in a meet? Uh, I did a thousand eighty squat. I did an eight fifty four bench press, and I did a seven sixty six deadlift. Okay, so what? That's over twenty six. I think that actually might even add up to around twenty seven, but I never did it all on the same day. Oh, okay. So those are best like individual. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, my best total. I think I did like a twenty six thirty six. Okay. Somewhere in there. And that was after you left Westside. Yeah, that was after I left Westside. You know, Louis. Um, you know, <clears throat> Louis is pretty adamant about like. You know, you leave Westside and you're kind of dead to him type thing. Yes. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a mo- motivating factor sure. you know, for me was, like, oh, I'm going to prove him wrong. Not that he cares or even pays attention, but, right. um, you know, it's just something that uh, drove me. I, I think um, anyone that's ever been around uh, Louis Simmons, I think they have to admit that they got the most from the guy. You know, like he's, cause he's an unbelievable, unbelievable person. Um, and it's also anyone's been around him it's also easy to see how uh you could sometimes uh, clash heads with him at the same time but <laughs> what an amazing person and like i'm you know thankful and grateful to have had him uh in my life and to have had him as like uh, a mentor and a role model i mean his gym is free that's why my gym is free um you know he has an invention i have an invention and that kind of stuff so you know i think people forget um sometimes not like Louis, he knows a crazy amount about lifting. I mean, he can talk all day about lifting, but he's just really innovative in a lot of different ways. The bands, the chains. Sure. Uh, you know, he just, it's, it's just, it's just wild. You know, I don't think he gets enough credit sometimes for some of that stuff. Yeah. There's definitely that thing after you leave there. That's like, uh, you, you think he'll, he'll say it so many times to you that if you leave, you're not going to do shit type of thing that you, you kind of believe it. It's like, I know that when I left, it was like, I got to prove this fucking guy wrong. And I probably spent like a full year of training trying to prove him wrong. And then I moved past that and I lift for like my own purposes now. But there definitely is that like, I got to put up at least one more big total. Like I got to do the one thing that he thinks I'm not going to do. But isn't that like Louis to like, isn't that him in the gym too? It's like, as soon as he says you can't do something, he's telling you you can't do it so that you fucking do it. You know, uh, what I mean? <laughs> he, he's always he's always the factor. I mean, he's always the reason behind everything, whether he told you you could do it or whether he told you, you couldn't do it. You know, whether he invested more time in you and took you to breakfast more times than somebody else or or whether he discarded you. Um, it, it was, he was always kind of the the, uh, the factor that kind of dro- drove you over the over the top because he was either like super annoying to you or he uh, <laughs> was super kind to you. I, either way, yeah. he was kind of the driving force behind the whole thing. And yeah. one thing I remember that he did that I always thought was amazing is he would uh, <laughs> like conjure up some uh, just like bullshit in the gym. You know, he would come over and he'd be like, "Hey, you know, Freddie Bolt is doing these uh, you know tricep things," you know. And, He'll show me the exercise, and I'll start doing them. And then, like, two weeks later, that's not a cool exercise anymore. And he goes, Belly, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I don't know, Lou. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, you know, you, what you told me. 
And then he's also like, and you're getting kind of fat too. I'm like, Lou, you told, you told me to gain weight and you showed me this exercise two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I'm like I don't know what's going on. You know, he, he kind of always was in your head and he's kind of always, uh, he likes to joke around a lot too. I, I think maybe that's something that people don't even really know about him, but he, uh, is busting everybody's balls. I don't know if he still oh, yes. you know, does that nowadays, but he busts everybody's balls like crazy. Yeah, there's definitely like that. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I had a similar thing where it's like uh, he told me to squat super wide with my feet straight forward. <laughs> and and I did because I had really good hip mobility. And then like two weeks of it and then he comes up to me and he's just like, why are you doing that? You're going to blow your fucking knees off. And I'm like, <laughs> you fucking told me to do this, dude. What are you talking about? Uh, so, so yeah, like we could go round and round about West side, like forever, man. There's just like lots of stuff, but, uh, there's one thing that I wanted to ask you that I think is like a really important thing. And it's really interesting. There is this culture in powerlifting more so I think in multiply, but I think it probably carries over to, um, raw as well, where it's like a badge of honor to not make money in this sport. And I, I think that like, you kind of like, you're kind of like the spearhead of like, yo motherfucker, like I'm trying to make money off this. Like I want to help people, but I also want right. to make money and I, and I can be like, you can be like a, you can be a millionaire that also is not a piece of shit and helps everyone that they can. And it's like this weird thing where it's like, if you make money off of powerlifting, you're a scumbag. Like, and, and it doesn't make any sense to me. So I was wondering if like, you could kind of touch on that, like why you think that is because just where, uh, you know, my company is obviously pretty small still, we're growing. And, but even then you can kind of feel that energy from people where it's like, right. what do you mean you're making money off powerlifting? It's like, well, it's my whole life. So why shouldn't I try to make money off of it? I don't understand. Right. So can you kind of like touch on that? Cause I'm sure like, like you were one of the first guys I ever saw in his car holding a camera up, talking to the camera, being like, what's up, YouTube? Like, fuck your elbow and that whole thing. And I, think I, actually, think I, I actually think I invented that, by the way. <laughs> the talking dude. in the car. Right? I, think, <laughs> I literally think that I'm the first person to ever do that, but I, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have solid proof. Definitely in the powerlifting world, I think you, you probably were. So, like, can you speak on that? Because I'm sure back then people were even harsher about it. Like, what the fuck are you doing on the internet? What, like, why are you videoing stuff? Like, what's this? Like, yeah. How can you kind of speak on? I know it's kind of an open-ended question, but it really yeah. interests me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess first of all, uh, you know, whatever I say, um, you know, some people, half the people will believe it, half the people won't. Um, <laughs> You know, you're always going to have haters. You know, you, the name of the show, it, you know, signifies that, that it's uh, it's kind of an important thing. Like, if you don't have haters, you don't have people talking about you, then uh, you're probably not challenging the progression of everybody else, or you're probably not uh, real progressive yourself. You know, if you're moving forward, there's always going to be people that want to slow you down. There's always going to be people that want to that wanna stop you. Sure. And it's interesting because... So some like my me and my son talk about these kinds of things all the time. He's 16, and we'll talk about like Amazon and some of these massive companies, you know. And I'll say, well, Jake, you know, Amazon's just like your mom and dad's business. I mean, this guy started out in the basement and he was selling books. Yep. And I'm like, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's a little bit like me. Like maybe he doesn't care that much about money. 
but he took a shot at something that he thought he could do really well. He happened to do it really well. And then it provided for more people. And he was like, wow, I can kind of continue down this road and I can provide for more people. Oh, wow. I can have, you know, what if I, what if I can ship stuff to people a little faster than what everybody else is used to? Maybe I can kind of corner the market and provide, you know, so you start to think of these different things and, and just, that's what happened with me. It's like, I only just, I recorded lifting because I was like, I know that I know that this is really cool. I knew that training at Westside, I knew that there was something cool about it. It's hard to really put your finger on it, but sure. men or women, uh, they get it when they walk in there. You know, the, the, the music, uh, gangster rap, um, ACDC, uh, the music is like part of the essence of what goes on in there. And even when the music's not on, when you walk in that gym, you feel the essence and the presence of like, Westsiders of, of the past and, and things like that. And so I just knew that heavy ass weight was, was cool and it was fun and I knew it needed to be documented. And when, uh, I started kind of making, um, or started having my own powerlifting gym and we started having guys that were doing some pretty good lifts. I was like, well, I squat 800. So the guy over here squats 800 and that other guy squats 800. Like, we're all squatting like 800 pounds. Like, I think that's like pretty uncommon. I think that we should <laughs> record this and like show people. And then <clears throat> also people are walking in with McDonald's and uh, donuts <laughs> yeah. and shit. And I'm like, and we're like athletes, you know, and like, we're talking about, you know, going to the Arnold classic and lifting on stage and, and the WPO finals, or you were talking about being like professional athletes, you know? And, uh, you know, people are just swallowing all these crazy foods and, <laughs> yeah doing whatever, doing anything and everything to be as big as you can, whether it was, uh, whether it was healthy or not, no one really cared. They just wanted to be as strong as they could. And I've seen people bleed from their nose. I've seen people bleed from their ears. I've seen people bleed from their eyes. Just wild for what, you know, it's, <laughs> it's um, it's a very thankless sport, but <clears throat> at the heart of it is this kind of chunk of self-improvement. And that's what I've always been obsessed with. So, I was like, I need to show people this. I need to show people that this this isn't about being an asshole. This isn't about ramming your head on the bar. This isn't about listening to Satan-worshipping music. And it's not about what people might think that it's about when they tune in for five seconds. Right. But if you really talk to these individuals, their whole day, their whole week, their whole month, their whole year, their whole life is really centered around, I want to be as strong as I fucking can be. I don't really know why, but I'm completely yeah. obsessed with it because it's all I got, you know, and for me, for many years, that's all, it's all I had. And so I wanted just to kind of like show people that side of power of things. So I just documented as many workouts as I could. And then I <clears throat> ended up picking up a following from that. And because of my passion and my love for the sport, I was able to create some inventions and things like that. But I'm more, I would say I'm more of like an inventor than I am, uh, maybe like a business person I, I, mm -hmm. I, you know, since that time I surrounded myself with some good people. My wife and I run the business. We don't have any other owners. We never took any um, money from anybody else. We just have run a kind of a tight lean ship the whole time. Sure. And just built up very, um, very, very slowly. But I think uh, the reason why people sometimes will, um, the reason why people sometimes get upset with me, I think, is because I put it out there. But I'm I'm putting it out there because I'm the you know I'm the I'm the poor kid 
that uh, I'm, I, I didn't grow up poor, but it's just an analogy here, is that um, I'm the poor kid, you know, from the uh, from the streets that's now, you know, now in the NBA wearing gold chains. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't do that kind of shit. I don't really, I have a couple, like, nice watches and a couple things like that, but I don't normally do stuff like that, but I'm not afraid to, you know, tell people that I have five homes and I have, uh, you know, four or five cars and that I bought cars for family members. And the only reason why I share that though, is because I, I feel like, um, I was the underdog my whole life. I feel like I was counted out. I felt dumb. I felt stupid. I felt retarded when I was in school, you know, I was putting like special classes and stuff. And I didn't really know what any of that meant. I didn't really, uh, understand that, um, that that was going to actually make me strong. I didn't understand that that was going to be a strength later on because I ended up having a lot of patience because I did do things a little slower. I didn't mind that they took time and then what a perfect sport to fall into. Sure. Yeah. Falling into power to think shit takes forever. You know, you don't get strong overnight. It takes a long, long time and building a business, you know, is uh, these kind of, you know, one foot in front of the other mentality. So all I'm ever trying to do, I'm not ever trying to, hey, look at this sick truck that I bought, like, and you guys can't buy one. It's more like, hey, like, I was a dumb little kid who was counted out. Maybe you were like that, too. Or maybe you were counted out because, you know, someone thought you were too fat or too ugly or too short or too this or too that. And you just felt like you could never really be a part of anything. And then you're able to persevere over a long period of time. And, you know, you can make it, too, is kind of what I'm trying to show people. I'm trying to show people that this is... Um, the American dream. I think that people don't realize, you know, how like wealthy or well off, you know, someone like Louis Simmons is uh, with all of his, you know, all of his products that he's, uh, I think that's something that they didn't show in West Side versus the world. That I, I yeah. think they left it out on purpose because of what you mentioned. Yeah. Because people have a lot of resentment uh, towards that. But there is something weird about powerlifting where it is very, it is very blue collar it does seem like a lot of the older guys um, who've been around longer, they get it, and they always have really admired uh, what I've done. They're always like, dude, like, congratulations. Like, it's really sick. Like, I hope it continues, and I hope you're able to support and help more people because I think it's cool, and maybe it will help uh, elevate other aspects of the sport. Yeah, I mean, like, the big the big thing, right, is, like, with powerlifting is, like, we want it to grow. We want it to be as big as possible. People want to get paid at meets, but also, oop, we lost Mark Bell. I'm a, I'm a. So, uh, right here, the call dropped. Um, you know, this shit happens sometimes with technology, no big deal, uh, but I had to call him back, and it took us a second to, like, figure out where we were with what we were talking about and stuff, so... Um, instead of having just like a big awkward silence here, there will be a big awkward five seconds of me talking here, and then uh, it'll it'll pick right up. So, yeah, they want it like people want the meets to be bigger, and they want to get paid, but at the same time, they kind of want to be like stay underground, right? And it's like it's this weird thing where it's like the um, you know I had Fahey on the other day, and he kind of said something similar where it's like we have this complex where it's like we're the band that you know, complains that nobody pays attention to us, but only wants to play basements and won't go on a big Dude, tour. It's like, <laughs> you, you hit the, yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head there because I remember as a kid, I mean, this is how old I am, but like, I remember as a kid, my brother, my brothers, 
they went to like some local concert and they came back and they were like shaken up. They were like, I, I was like, how was it? Was it pretty cool? Like I was like a little kid. So I stayed up late to kind of like see my brothers come home from this concert thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like exciting for me or whatever. But they were like, they were like, we just got like completely blown away. We saw this band and they just killed it. And it wasn't the main band that they went and saw. It was, it was a group called Guns N' Roses. No shit. And they were just like, this is fucking sick. It was, they're like, it was so, I'm like, what was so good about it? They couldn't, they couldn't even describe it, you know? But I remember after that, shortly after that, there were tapes circulating around of Guns N' Roses, but it was stuff that people recorded off the radio or people recorded by going to a concert. And then, like, once they took off, like, a rocket ship, and then once they were in, like, Terminator 2 and stuff, they were no longer cool. No, you need to go deeper underground into real metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're not real metal. No, Axl Rose, no, he's a pussy. Like, you can't listen to him. No, he's Metallica. Metallica's too big. You can't listen to him. Like, that's old. You need to go, you know, more underground. And I think powerlifting has that same that same feel. You know, Larry Wheels was really cool when he was young and when he was coming up, but now that he does some YouTube stuff and... He deadlifts 900 pounds for reps and straps. It's no longer cool. It's like, come on, dude. Larry Wheels is an absolute savage. Probably one of the strongest guys ever walked the face of the earth. He just kind of has kind of, quite frankly, gotten bored with powerlifting, I think. Yeah, yeah. And probably, like, dude, when you, like, I don't know. You said, and I think it's important to, you know, um, say I'm not doing this to flex on people. I'm not doing this to say I'm better than anyone or whatever it may be. But I think it's also there's a point where it's like it's cool to be like, yo, I'm sick. Like I got it like that. So I got this money and you can get this money, too. And you can, you know, and and with Larry, it seems like it's like like you said, he seems bored with lifting and he wants to, like, be a personality. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I remember um, I remember uh, one of the Russian lifters and it actually kind of really surprised me. It was uh, where he said that uh, he wanted to be famous. And I was kind of like little taken back by that it was uh Klokov. oh no uh, shit and uh and uh, and then but then he explained further he's like i'm taking acting classes and i wouldn't mind doing some modeling and i wouldn't and i was like well at, at first i was a little judgmental i was like what does he mean he wants to be famous like, what is he talking about sure and then once he kind of said that he wanted to do the work to be famous i was like oh no no i get it i shouldn't be judgmental that's just what he wants to do that's just what he wants to go towards because He's already been in the Olympics. You know, he's an Olympic silver medalist. You know, yeah. and so it's like, what the hell else is the guy going to do from there? Uh, go around and do some seminars and things like that. I'm sure he has a lot of fun doing that. Um, but he probably wanted to try to, you know, take things to the next level. Or he probably wanted to figure out some new stimulus. You know, and he's just looking for something different. And I think that's okay. Yeah, so it's okay for people to uh, venture out. I would say though that for me. Um, like one of the reasons why I invite people to super training and one of the things, one of the reasons why super training gym is free is that I like inviting people in and saying like, just showing them like what I'm really like. Cause I'm just full of like dick jokes and like inappropriate stuff. Like I don't take <laughs> myself very seriously. And if anybody's been around me for any period of time, they'll, they'll kind of see like, yeah, okay. There's certain things that I have to, uh, be accountable for. Um, we have kind of a lot of employees and stuff like that. And I, you know, I got to watch what I say here and there, but for the most part, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to have fun. Like I love this. That's the basis of everything. Um, I'm a total meathead, sure. you know, to the bone, but I, I think I would be an annoying person to hate because 
I think that as much as people uh, might dislike me, I think they have probably purchased something of mine, even <laughs> without knowing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I created a, created a shoe with Reebok. I create a lot of products with Rogue Fitness. The uh, that monolith type thing that attaches to the to the squat rack. I get paid every time they sell one of those. Oh, that was you. Uh, I made the yeah. I made the wagon wheels with them. Those giant. Holy places. shit! A bunch of stuff. So you know, it's kind of I I kind of get a kick out of it when. I was like, I hate, I fucking hate Mark Bell. And there they were using my, yeah. using one of my products. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like one of those things where you just like, it's not worth saying it. It's just like, okay, buddy, cool. Like, thanks, <laughs> you know, thanks for the royalty check or whatever. So let's kind of, right. let's kind of like move into that a little bit, man. Like, um, I saw recently that you are working on, obviously like, you know, whatever you feel comfortable talking about with it. But like, uh, I saw recently that you're putting out some briefs and some like compression type things. Right. Right. And dude, on the multiply end of things, like, cause I'm in the shit when it comes to like geared lifting, you know what I mean? Like I train with Hoff, like in the WPO, I talk to all these guys and I have a pretty strong, um, base of friends and peers that are in multiply. And for the most part, when that video surface whatever that was a couple weeks ago most people were like oh that's cool like you know whatever and then there's like this percentage of people who are kind of like well mark turned his back on multiply or mark you know why is he in the gear now and it's like well i don't know man to me i look at it and it's like are us super high level guys gonna put on those briefs as they are seen right now probably not because we have ones that we're competing in however those briefs might bring somebody else into multiply or it might extend someone's career or it might whatever um do you want to kind of talk about about that like how yeah i figured it was coming at some point you know that like you'd kind of go into that realm of like creating equipment and stuff but like what's made you jump into that uh sort of thing where you're going to put out like a set of briefs whenever that may be happening you know what um it's hard to describe for some people that have never been in them sure yeah but anyone who's ever done 10 sets of two (laughs) I mean, there's people right now just with a big smile on their face. Yeah. You ever done 10 sets of two against some bands or some chains and some briefs um, and had a really good workout where you got like a minute rest with another person that really wants to get after it? It's not necessarily about how, how heavy the weight is, but you guys are just moving. Yes. And the form and the execution is just perfect. And every rep is explosive and nothing hurts. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. what I've learned is that your mood is everything. You know, you wake up kind of grumpy. You hear people talking about like, you know, waking up on the wrong side of the bed or sometimes someone will say, fuck man, like I haven't had my coffee yet. So you need to like, you need to give me another 20 minutes or so, you know, before that kind of hits it, hits you. But like your mood is everything. Like, you know, I know you trained at a high level with 1100 pound plus squat and that, that grumpy, like being like angry and fired up is kind of great. You know, that, that has a lot of, a lot of ammunition, but being frustrated sucks. Yes. Your form is off. Yeah. Your knee hurts. Um, you're trying to compete with somebody else and you're just like, you're just dying on that day. And then you, I don't know, you get off in your head and, and then you're done. And so if you can, if you can wear a slingshot or if you can throw on some wrist wraps or some elbow sleeves or briefs or like what, just whatever it is, and you can feel a little bit better. It's amazing. And those, dynamic effort workouts i mean i remember doing them and you know just nothing nothing hurts while you're doing them obviously later on you you'll feel the effects of yeah it's, it's some hard it's some hard training but 
Um, I remember putting on briefs and, and having it solve my knee pain. You know, my knee would be killing me. I kind of always had like tendonitis in my knee. Sure. But you throw on briefs and you sit back on the box and everything's good to go and you're able to move around weight. And then, and then the endorphins and stuff that you get uh, based off of that. You know, with the slingshot invention, I, I think, you know, I have, I have three United States patents and the slingshot is a really uh, important one. I know it seems like such a simple device. I know that people think, like, oh, he stole this from this guy, or, you know, Westside used to wrap bands around their elbows, or this <laughs> or that. You know, people say different things, but I am the one that created it. I did have to go way out of my way to make the damn thing in the first place. And I, I think that sometimes people, just because it's simple and just because it's not a really expensive thing, it's not like a machine or anything, I think that people tend to want to discredit it. But, like, I think about this stuff night and day like how can you make better knee wraps how can you make a better elbow sleeve how can you sure. i mean i have uh elbow sleeves that have denim in them, you know and that's based off of powerlifting i have knee sleeves that have denim in them as well like that that's based off of based off of multiply sure uh lifting and then when it came to briefs like I, i've been thinking about briefs and like right around the same time i invented the slingshot it's just um I kept trying to think of all these different iterations of what you could do to slingshot your lower body. Yeah. And there was really, there's really no other way to do it other than to like wear like a harness, AKA like a squat suit Yeah, or feet or to like wear briefs. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make briefs. I would make them more comfortable, make them a little easier to get on. Yep. And I have more of a neoprene uh, base to them. And then they're, they're tougher than uh, a lot of other neoprene based briefs but they're not nearly as tough or as strong as um you know the multiply stuff just because the sizing for that stuff can be really problematic the yep. price for that stuff can be really problematic it's, um how you get them where you get them from it's like it's all kind of a weird it's a weird world but i will definitely head down that path as well but this is uh this is kind of like a gateway you know to get people into just like just like bench only like years ago People shit all over bench only, but that's how I got into powerlifting. Right. Uh, when I was young, they had some bench only meets. I didn't really know how to squat. I certainly didn't know how to deadlift, and I, but I was pretty good at bench pressing. So I was like, oh, I'll try that. You know. So without that, I would never be in the sport. And so it's just a, it's just an introduction. And I think that when people try these on, they might be like, oh shit, like this is pretty nice. And so maybe I can from there figure out ways to get people into some other stuff. Yeah, I think that it's cool, man. Like the idea of having like almost like a like a stepping stone, right? Almost. Um, I think that giving people an option because it is kind of weird. Like if you don't know anything about equipment, um, like first time I got a canvas, I didn't know that briefs went underneath it. Yeah, like, I didn't know any of that either. So you're like, what? Like, yeah, you're like, your mind, right? yeah, you're like, wait, I put on something else also? What the fuck? Like, it took me three guys to get this fucking thing on. Like, how am I supposed, you know, of course, I've got this canvas that's two sizes too small and I'm all fucked up. But um, I think it's really cool what you're doing with those briefs, man. I think that um, it could give some of the raw guys a chance to jump over to equipment and maybe save some of their hips from these huge sumo deadlifts that we're seeing. I also don't, I don't know like how much people understand. Like I, so I've been, I've been wearing briefs the whole time. Like I never, <laughs> I've never turned my, yeah, I've yeah. never turned my back on, on uh, powerlifting. I've, I've never stopped benching, squatting and deadlifting. I mean, 
uh, these people that want to criticize and stuff, you know, you got to keep in mind that they're doing it for over 30 years. So <laughs> I might come and go a little bit. I might uh, not wear briefs for like three months or six months, but in the long grand scheme of things, you know, I've been doing this stuff for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll randomly throw on briefs and do like, I, I laugh about it sometimes. So I'm like, I don't know why I just did that because I don't even have any, like I'll, I'll do a dynamic effort workout and I'll kind of laugh because I'm like, I don't even have any strength. So it doesn't really make any sense that I, <laughs> that I just did, uh, you know, like a, a speed workout or whatever, you know, but, uh, there is, I just, I, I love it. I love the way it feels. It feels really good. And uh, aside from this being like a gateway thing into getting people to wear other types of gear or to buy more of my stuff, it's it's more so like I just would love for raw people to see what it feels like and to benefit from wearing some of this stuff because it feels amazing. Like yeah, you, you do a couple workouts. Like if your shoulder hurts, your elbow's killing you, do a couple workouts in a slingshot. Like use a slingshot for a whole month. Don't touch a weight without without using the slingshot. And just see how you feel afterwards. You sure. Know, like you'll you'll be able to recover and repair. And the damn thing, the damn thing works when we go to trade shows and show people. That's the first thing they say. They get up off the bench. They have a huge smile on their face. And like, holy fuck, this thing works. Because a lot of things in the fitness industry are, you know, you're taking glutamine or you're taking branch chain amino <laughs> acids, and they might work, but you can't really tell if they work. You can't really feel if they work. You have no clue, really. Sure. Maybe aside from like a pre-workout or something like that. So. These products are things that you're going to put on and you'll immediately feel a difference with these briefs. It feels very much like a slingshot where when you go to move 135 pounds, you're going to be like, holy shit, I really feel that. Yeah. Once you start to get some real weight on there, it's not going to suspend you in air uh, the way that a canvas squat suit would or the way that a pair of, uh, you know, real powerlifting briefs would. But the real powerlifting briefs, they kind of hurt. Most people aren't used to them. They, you know, pull on your skin and, and things of that nature. And <laughs> yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, it can also just be uh, kind of cost prohibitive if you never tried them. Understand the value. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know that those pair of briefs, if you stay the same size, will last you for fucking ten years. Like it seems like an expensive thing. Um, but like you said, dude, that that is a really great point about the speed work. There is like. It's like Friday nights for us. Like we train at night. So like Friday night squats when the bar's snapping off your back and everybody in the group is just like on 10 of 10 intensity and like you just can't beat that feeling, dude. That feeling is – It's sick and it's funny. You know, it's funny when you get into these groups like each guy – like it's set up very strategically. Like, you know, one guy's squatting. Another guy's handling like the box height. Yes. And there's another guy like messing with the height, you know, and then you got like some people sometimes half hearted spotting because I think everybody really just wants to see you die because there's kind of hope (laughs) there's one less person to change weights for or whatever. But you go like, you'll either go clockwise or counterclockwise. There's like a whole rhythm to it. And then every once in a while, someone like, I don't know, get distracted or something. Yeah. And, and, and then you kind of wander off and like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he needs to run the monolith. And yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it's very precise because, like, you you know, you're going. I remember looking at my training partner, Jesse Burdick, and just, like, I, I would be so pissed because I'm like, how many fucking sets are we doing? We do, like, 12 sets, and we just kind of keep going and going. And we're just trying to, like, make the other guy die. And I'm like, I, I just hope that he just snaps his leg on this next one. Right. I don't want to keep doing all these sets. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely like that, that flow state dude, where it's like, I feel bad for people who never get to experience that. 
because right. that like is such a badass feeling where like, you know, I train, we have like probably seven or eight people in the group and one of them is my wife. And like, just to like, you know, everybody's in the mix. Like you said, like she usually runs the rack height. We've got guys loading weights and going around in circles. And I think, um, having some sort of equipment on makes it also like easier to train with more than one person because the weights tend to be a little closer together because everybody's right, got right. the assistance yep. of the gear. Um, Absolutely. Well, hey, dude. So, so we're kind of we're closing in on forty-five minutes here, and I really uh, there's a question I like to ask people towards the end of the show. That's um, I think that personal growth is huge, and that's obviously a big thing for you as well. If you're the same person you are today as you were a year ago, like you're fucking sleeping. Um, so right now, you know, you've been you said you've been doing this for thirty you know, fucking years, around 30 years. You started lifting when you were 12. You've been doing this shit forever. You've seen it all and trained with everybody, whatever. If you could go back to like, I don't know, 18 to 20 year old Mark Bell and give him a piece of advice, whether it's life, lifting, business, whatever, like what is something you would tell yourself as a young man having the experiences that you've had now if you could go back? You know, I, I would have to say that, um, you know, I think that progress is everything. And so, like, um, I think it would have been helpful to me to understand that, uh, that that's what success is. You know, success is just progress. And uh, progress is um, just going from wherever you currently are to being just the, any bit better that you could figure out. And so, um, if you're weak, you know, is it possible for you to gain uh, one pound of strength, you know, per week or per month, Let's say per month. It's like, well, that sounds pretty attainable, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you're too fat, could you lose, uh, you know, a pound or two every month for the next 12 months? And then that equals, you know, 24 pounds. I mean, that's, that's a good amount of weight to drop, even if you're a heavier person. And what if you did that for five years, you know, now you start to really add it up. Now you're, fuck, you're at a hundred, you're over a hundred pounds. And right. so, I think that uh, I think those are things that I may have uh, kind of just known a little bit because of my upbringing, because of my parents, um, and it, it was lessons that I ended up learning, you know, through through my kind of uh, trials and tribulations at school. You know, just like being slower and just realizing, like, all right, man, well, you're gonna have to figure out the same shit everybody else figured out, but you can't read, you know, and not that I can't read, but it's very difficult for me to read, I should say. Sure. Um, and so, but like, who doesn't have a handicap, you know? Like, right. there's people, there's people like, there's sometimes people born without a hand or without a leg or something. And uh, sometimes there's things that are real visible on, on certain people. And uh, other people just have like a lot of anxiety or they're depressed and they have everything in the world at their fingertips and they're, they should feel great, right? It's, by all accounts, it looks like they should feel great, but they have uh, the handicaps that they have. And so you, I think that, you know, I guess as a young kid, um, you know, if somebody would have kind of just said, hey, look, you know, these things that you're viewing right now that you feel are real weaknesses, these are going to like, these are A, they're going to make you really fucking strong, and B, um, this is going to be a superpower of yours because you'll be able to, hang in there longer than other people. And when I look at, you know, when I look at, uh, when, I, when I just kind of look at people that are my age, you know, I'm 43, which, is, which isn't really old, but I guess in terms of like lifting and fitness, 
when when I look at other people that are 43, a lot of times they're in really bad shape. Sure. You know, they're they're really out of shape. And so, is it like I, I'm in I'm in pretty good shape. Like I, you know, I body build and power lift and stuff, and like I, I really do uh, I really do take care of myself. But on the flip side of that, like, what if I just took care of myself and I didn't really uh, lift as hard? I didn't really do uh, these things to these extremes. Um, I probably still, you know, wouldn't be unhealthy. I probably still wouldn't be uh, like overly, overly fat without this like um, crazy amount of effort. My my point on that is just that you know it's important to it's important to hang in there for a really long time. You know, my my mother in law she kind of says these funny things. She's like in her seventies. She's been widowed twice, um, and uh, she's been like dating recently. And it's kind of funny because she's like. You know, all I've ever been good at is outlasting people. She's like, I, she's like, I'm pretty damn good looking for being 73 years old. <laughs> she goes, but it, it, but she goes, it's not because I'm pretty. She goes, it's just because I'm not ugly and I never let myself go. And I actually think that that is that's a great that's a great way to look at things. Like, just stay on top of stuff. Sure. Figure out a way to stay ahead. That that motherfucker that you hate that has abs that can eat pizza. A lot of times, it's just because he figured out a way to stay ahead. Um, we have a guy that trains with us that could just, he can kind of go eat anything. Um, but he played soccer his whole life. He was always real lean. He's always been in really good shape. Sure. He's always been ahead. And, and from a financial standpoint, there's people that are ahead that can go and buy, you know, a $200,000 boat and it doesn't, it doesn't have any impact whatsoever on their bank account. Um, there's, so if you can figure out a way to just not fall behind, it's, it, it's actually, it's actually a little easier than you might think. It just takes a lot of uh, perseverance and it takes a lot of consistency. And sure. I think one of the traps of life is that we think that we have to be fancy and you don't have to be fancy. <laughs> you just need to be, you just need a lot of consistency. Yeah. If you do the same, like chicken breast and rice, like there's nothing fancy about it. Right. But if you're just thinking, Hey, I'm going to take this fat burner and I'm going to go like run these hills and I'm going to, you're going to, you're going to really run out of a lot of energy, but what if you spread that out more, you know, or what if you were trying to get strong as fuck? And what if you were like, you know what? I know the West side thing works really well. I believe in that program. I believe in that system. And so I'm just going to do it. I'm going to like, I'm not going to really question it a lot. I'm just going to follow it. Sure. And I'm going to do it. And one time a week, I'm going to do speed work. And another time a week, I'm going to max out. I'm going to do that for like, 10 years i'm gonna see what the hell i'm gonna roll the dice and see what the hell happens it's not gonna make you it's not gonna make you weaker yeah, you know, yeah. getting that consistency though is key sure hell yeah dude a, an object in motion stays in motion oh that's right hell yeah perfect dude well hey dude i really appreciate you taking the time to come on here and talk to me it means it means a lot to me so I, I really think i know you're a really busy guy um so i appreciate you coming on do you want to um just like, you know, I'm sure everybody listening knows your stuff, but you want to give out social media or however people can follow you and buy your stuff and all that? Um, I'd like to kind of finish off by just saying, like, uh, to touch upon what you just mentioned is, like, being busy. Sure. So sure. I, I would just want to say that um, if I'm busy, then I'm doing things wrong. Like, if, I'm, if, I, if I don't have time for things like this, then I, I'm making a huge mistake. You know, I need to make time. Uh, first of all, I need to make time for powerlifting, right? I mean, I, I sure. got to make time for powerlifting and for fellow powerlifters. And 
that's something that's really important to me. But I would say that like, if you're starting out a business, yes, uh, you might be in the thick of it. Um, but you have to figure out ways to get yourself out. You got to figure out ways to get yourself outside your business. If you ever want to have a great business, if you're so tangled up in it every day and you find yourself, um, getting really frustrated, being really emotional because your shirts are printed wrong or something spelled wrong or this thing's wrong or that thing's wrong. But, you know, first of all, you have to kind of just shoulder everything, you know, take the, take those lessons from the gym and recognize that, all right, this is, this is an 1120 pound squat, you know, that I have to try to figure out how to do <laughs> yeah. shoulder it and, and, and lift that motherfucker yourself and figure out a way to, to get it done. But once you figure out a way to get it done, don't be afraid to pass off some of that to somebody else. And I think that's the biggest mistake that I see a lot of young people making when it comes to trying to own a business. And don't be so cocky that you're the only one that knows how oh, I better I better handle this, you know, and no one else knows how to do it. No one else knows how to program for these other lifters. <clears throat> I'm just gonna do it all myself. It, it's a it's a huge mistake. And so you shouldn't really be like I'm just chilling. Like I'm <laughs> I'm in uh, Tahoe, California. I'm hanging out here with my brother and uh, one of my employees, and we're doing like a whole lot of nothing. I'm about to go on a hike, and that'll probably take like <laughs> three hours, and I have nothing else planned for the day other than to drive back home to Sacramento. But um, if you're doing things right, you shouldn't really be that busy. So that's something to think about. It's uh, something to maybe uh, strive for. Anybody that's listening to this, you can find all my stuff at uh, markdellslingshot.com. Anybody that wants to follow along with some of the uh, some of the current workouts and my current uh, diet and things like that, you can go over to markdell.com and check out some of that stuff. It also has a lot of old powerlifting uh, workouts that I used to do in there. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, you can you can check the site out for free for like a week. It is a pay site, so don't hate me, but you can go check it out for uh, for free for um, a week. Lastly, uh, I have a book called Jack and Tan, and it's gotten really, really good reviews on Amazon. It's done really well. It's been out for a while. I've never promoted it. I very rarely talk about it, but it chronicles like everything I ever did or tried, when it comes, especially when it comes to powerlifting. So anybody that is listening to this and they're like, oh, I'd like to hear kind of how he you know, was able to do some of those numbers and stuff, um, you can check out a lot of information in there. And, you know, I did, I did a lot of the website stuff. Uh, but then started to kind of just probably as you did yourself and, and Hoff and so forth, start to kind of learn what really works best for you. Yep. And then you start to kind of modify it uh, to yourself just to kind of tune yourself up. So if anybody wants to check that out, you can get that uh, over at uh, markbellslingshot.com. Thanks, man. I really appreciate uh, being on the show. How many episodes have you done so far? So this would be the, uh, this will be 55, I believe. So thank you for, for coming on, man. I appreciate it. It means, means a lot to me. Hey, hey guys, if you want to follow my personal page, it's AnthonyCW13. Uh, the trigger warning page is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate for all of your mental Monday snapback t-shirt needs. Got another drop of t-shirts coming soon. You guys kicked ass on the last one, so thank you for that. Thanks again for listening to the TWC Stay Hated podcast. And as always, stay hated, motherfuckers. <laughs>